I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. When you hold me in your arms so tight, you let me know everything's alright. Welcome in to week three of the fantasy podcast, week two of the fantasy season. Tonight we are joined by none other than the long boy himself coming all the way from the West Coast in beautiful City of Angels, Mr. Kistler. Adam, welcome in. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. I I was clamoring to be a guest on the show right after the first episode, so... Uh... Yeah, thanks for having me on, fellas. Jack, I mean, first episode, you said Adam's just a guy who's tough to root against. I mean, I mean, <laughs> this is this is a guy you want on your show. I got I can't agree more. Uh, I don't know where this league would be today without Adam. A- Adam, of course, the the one-time league champion, one-time league finalist, no matter what he tells you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy to bring you today a another series of matchup recaps um and today we will also discuss the trade that Noswad and i executed uh this morning which will be yesterday morning by the time that you're listening to this um we'll discuss the trade block we got some got some pretty big stars sitting there on the trade block um and then jack and i will have a have a fun little buy or sell segment for you at the end um so you know while we have adam with us here uh i'd love to start with his matchup um adam of course coming off of a disappointing first week um definitely looking to rebound after a few disappointing years and he definitely got the job done this week against tommy yeah you know it was a a very tumultuous week in the in the long boys locker room uh (laughs) obviously our star quarterback going down last week with dak i I was really scrambling. Uh, if you look at my waiver claims, I I claimed three quarterbacks because I was just hoping I'd get one, and I ended up with all three, which was not oh, my man. intention. So I currently have a four-quarterback <laughs> roster with, uh, with the, the studs of Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota, Matt Ryan, and injured Dak. So Oh, uh, it, it felt pretty good to get a win after all the uh, the waiver wire issues uh, last well, week. Well, you definitely made the right starting decision there. Um, Dak, of course, yeah. injured. Uh, Mary Goda putting up a measly 13 points. And Matt Ryan, who um, famously Ooh. won the MVP just five years ago, putting up uh, 1.8 points. Um, but the Wentz start worked out very well for you. Yeah, it really did. And I, and I, I was really worried, too, because if you guys were following that game – at halftime, he had like 30 passing yards uh, against the Lions. And then second half, just garbage time explosion, like 340 yards and a couple touchdowns. So worked out pretty well. That's why uh, I think Wentz is my guy for the rest of the year. I might just have to ride the hot hand. <laughs> year? Who knows? Of- I mean, I, Dak's unreliable, I feel like, nowadays. He might just be my guy. 
He's got some great weapons. I'm looking at starting Jahan Dotson here soon. So Yeah. Yeah, I think the commanders are gonna surprise some people this year. I think they're I mean, obviously I don't I don't <laughs> it's it's funny because I personally don't rate Carson Wentz at all. I think he's garbage. But kind of for, for <laughs> fantasy for fantasy, I think he could be a pretty viable option. You know, he gets a lot of they let him throw a lot, and they're and they're trailing a lot, so it kind of works out in that way. Where he he's a good, I mean, I, obviously, I, I, he's not my ideal starting option, but it's it's a decent waiver wire pickup for sure. When we talk about your weapons, um, you know, we definitely saw a pretty big performances from a few of your guys, uh, namely Mark Andrews, uh, finally putting up the numbers that you drafted him for, that you spent the capital on. Um, had a big game from Sutton and just a hideous game by the Broncos. Sutton Savage, Savage, <laughs> a very solid performance. Um, elsewhere, though, Tulane prospect Darnell Mooney. Uh, Let's go. Only point <laughs> one more fantasy points than his vaunted teammate Cole Komet. Uh, I don't know what happened. There. Yeah, it was uh, another disappointing Mooney performance. Just. That Bears offense is just brutal to watch, and uh, he's kind of suffering because of it. But yeah, I think I think he's he's gonna have to go to the bench. You know, I, I drafted him pretty high. I was last night after the game, or Sunday night, I guess, after the game, I was looking back at the draft board. So I was like, where did I pick Mooney? And I realized I picked him in like the sixth round. So that pick really struggling. But a couple of promising uh, players on my bench. So I'm kind of looking forward to. Maybe seeing what Garrett Wilson can do. He had a great week. And then Damon Harris also kind of got it going. So, future's, future's looking up for the long boys. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I I couldn't talk about your team again without just once again, uh, we got to talk about uh, DeAndre Hopkins sitting there on the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, is, is that a guy you're just going to sit there and wait on no matter how the season goes? If you start um, losing some games, do you think that you would maybe trade him to plug in a hole, or are you just gonna gonna ride with him until you're ready to really trot him out there as your wide receiver? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I've never really been the kind of guy that makes too many trades in, in fantasy as long as I've been in the league, uh, especially not this early in the year. I kind of like to see, kind of let it play out a little bit and see what I've got because I feel like I still don't know what I have exactly. So. Uh, maybe down the line, but, uh, I mean, the way Mooney's playing, I'm, I might need another wide receiver. So, uh, he's a good guy to have on the bench for sure. On the other side of the ball, uh, we had Bofa Legam, um, <laughs> who was our initial, uh, number one guy. Um, and, you know, definitely still pretty happy with this team that I drafted for him. Uh, but... <laughs> You know, I think I think really the big red flag here is uh, Harrison Buckner start. <laughs> it's it, yeah, I mean, discouraging. I, I mean, what do you take from that, Jack? Tommy is as inactive as ever. <laughs> it feel uh, probably won't listen to this, so we can make some assumptions about his uh, activity currently. I don't know. I mean. He does have a team where you don't necessarily need to be making a lot of changes, but like, I would have put, I would have done differently for the kicker. Obviously, um, I probably wouldn't have changed the Colts defense, and then I might have switched up the flex. But 
but I don't know. It's just it's just hard to see uh, a good a good soldier fall like this. <laughs> I mean, look, we'll we'll get to this in a second, but um, I mean, look, Tommy had similar performances to uh, your two podcast co-hosts here. So <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying this week by itself is indicating that Tommy's you know back to his old ways. Um, but I am just worried by that Butker start. Um, it's, it's definitely, definitely a sign of something good to see Debo and Alan Robinson both pick things up this week. Um, Tommy definitely is, remains to be a team to watch going forward here. Um, yeah, Adam, any last thoughts about this game? You know, I always love playing Tommy. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 oh, yeah. when, those when lifetime looked, sports days. When, when, oh yeah. We, we had a, a heated rivalry back in the day, but, uh, you know, you always love looking at the, the matchup on like a Tuesday, seeing that he's got an inactive player somewhere in his roster and then kind of just knowing that that player's going to end up in there on Sunday. So it's always kind of a nice feeling when you, when you, when Tommy picks up an injury or something like that, cause you know, he's not coming out, but. Uh, yeah, fun as always. As an aside, uh, I I guess related to something I love about this league is that um, every week you you see who your matchup is and it just it just it feels like some type of meme, you know. There's like always like <laughs> there's something to be chirped about and to be said about every single person in this league, and you know that's just one of the many things to to to, to like about this uh, about this uh, Top Dogs Corporation. Um, I guess we can move on now to our next matchup, which is. Jack versus Metcalf, and uh, oh, Jack, you 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 do have quite a bit of explaining to do, but uh, <laughs> I I of course uh, can preface this with the bad luck on Trey Lance. Um, I thought it was a smart start given your situation. I mean, not like Burrow had that much of a game either, although fantasy wise he did fine. I thought Lance was the right start there. Just totally out of your control. Your week was done after that happened. But yeah. I mean, you got you got to look elsewhere here. I mean. Uh, Bateman is really the only player you had this week that performed above their expectation. Uh, everyone else performed uh, significantly below. And that includes guys like Jonathan Taylor. That includes guys like, once again, Kyle Pitts. Um, this, this, this team just maybe one of the all-time worst performances by someone who uh, started players that all weren't injured or on a bye. Yeah, I mean, if we remember my slow start from last year, Conrad, you know, there's not, uh, there's a lot of weeks still to be played. Um, I see a lot of promise here. It's really just going to depend on if Kyle Pitts can turn it around and if DK wants to get his act together and if Mike Evans wants to not punch Marsh on Lattimore in the face. Um, but I think it really just came down to this week specifically. Um, like, obviously, as you said, the Trey Lance thing sucks. Uh, getting your, like, high-ceiling quarterback out for the season is not not what you would want to see. However, <laughs> however, um, I still really like a lot, some of my players on my bench. Uh, like, Dotson, Pierce, and Olave are all, like, great. Um, Pierce got 16 uh rush attempts this week which is awesome uh even in a low scoring game like he had at denver but i think i mean as we all know like 
touchdowns are kind of like a regress to the mean thing. And I only had one touchdown this week. So yeah. I'm not terribly worried. I think if Trey Lance didn't get injured, I would have had – if Trey Lance and Jonathan Taylor had weeks up to their standards and Mike Evans didn't get thrown out of the game, I think this had potential to go a lot differently. Um, but, you know, it's fantasy football. Can't be playing the if game if you've lost. You know, you just got to take it in stride. And, uh, you know, I'm the same record as a lot of other people in the league. Adam, are there any warning sirens – that are going off in your head looking at this roster. Um, I have a couple, but uh, I'm, De- I'm definitely curious like, your outsider perspective. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, no one really, at least I didn't see, expect the Colts to start the season this way. So, I I mean, are you worried about Jonathan Taylor at all? I mean, the way that Matt Ryan's looked, it's like defense are just run committing and Taylor can't do anything. So, I don't uh, know, I'd, I'd definitely be worried about that a little bit, but. I, I think, honestly, it, it's going to stem more from Alec Pierce and, obviously, all our boys, uh, all of our fa- our favorite player, Michael Pittman, uh, not playing. Not <laughs> exactly, Connor. Um, just because, like, Michael Pittman is such a good wide receiver, so it just opens up the rest of the Maybe offense. the best to ever play. Exactly. Thank you, Adam. He's a um, Trojan. Um, <laughs> it's like it just it it sucks from like that that perspective because it's true. a run and then like we can also it's not like Jonathan Taylor got twenty five touches like he did last week he only got like I'm not even sure if he got ten this week uh, let me actually yeah. check yeah like yeah he only got nine carries so like obviously I don't think that's gonna happen every week I don't think they're going to be kept out of the end zone every week. So I'm not worried about Jonathan Taylor. And um, I'm just happy it kind of came in a week where I was already kind of set out to see, you know? Um, I, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, it's, it's not a, it's not a talent uh, concern or concern, of course, about any competition he's necessarily facing. Um, you know, this is again, going into this year, just looking at the situation, this was one of those, few fantasy years where there was a clear number one. Um, but as Adam said, I, I am concerned about about the, the team's performance itself uh, for, for two reasons. Uh, one, of course, if you're losing these games by a ton, I mean, Jonathan Taylor isn't necessarily uh, known for being a pass-catching running back. And just in general, you know, you go to the running back less when you're trying to go over the top, when you're down. Um, the other reason, just in general, I, I just always hate going late into a season with a star player who is on a team that isn't going to make the playoffs. Um, so again, I guess it's more about your outlook for the Colts because, yeah, I mean, personally, I would start feeling a little nervous if, you know, the Colts are, we're 13 weeks into the season and the Colts are like, I don't know, four and eight. Um, and... But- Let's play a big if game there, Conrad. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Jonathan Taylor inevitably has some minor injury, like all running backs get. Um, that's where things start making the difference between whether like, teams push a player to get back out there and help them win, or whether a team says, hey, we're investing in the franchise here. So that is a huge alarm for me, Jack, because as I said, I thought Jonathan Taylor was such a sure thing, barring injury, that 
he could be your anchor running back despite your pretty subpar running back room. But um, if I mean if, if if Taylor falters or if Taylor, you know, again, come playoff time, the Colts decide to shut Taylor down for the season, uh, I, I don't I don't see your team sniffing a trophy this year. <laughs> uh, I don't see them shutting him down for the season. Um, I still think, I don't know. I, it's been two weeks. I think it's very premature to be talking about shutting down the best running back in football down for the season just because they've tied a game and lost one. Um, there's still many, many games to be played. And then got blo- shut out by the Jags? It happens, you know, like the Colts do always struggle with the Jags. That's also just a thing that happens. And they also yeah. start every season pretty poorly. That's uh, yeah. yeah. So, so okay. I'm not. You can't be. I mean, you're not not starting Jonathan Taylor. You're not still like he he was RB three coming. He he was RB three last week. Like he's so good that he there's always going to be potential. And honestly, I was watching the game. He didn't look bad. He just wasn't able to get his touches this week. Because the Colts just could do nothing on offense. Like, I, and I really think a lot of that is going to stem from having Ashton Doolin as your wide receiver one. Well, <laughs> you can put a pin in that one and look at the other side of the ball here because Metcalf is out to what he called himself his first ever 2 0 start in this league. And, you know, like, that's not necessarily indicative of you know, wouldn't necessarily expect that of him because he's always a pretty solid team we just know he perennially as he would say can't get over that hump so i mean he's got to be feeling nice about this starting uh performance uh starting to an o and having some guys who have these unlimited ceilings like swift and jefferson and mahomes i mean uh and drake london uh drake london you cannot be sleeping on him he had huge performance this week um, I mean, again, this team is deadly. This team will put up a ton of points on you. This team will put up a pretty solid minimum amount of points on you. This is this is a this team is looking better every single day. And um, yeah, I again, uh, nothing too remarkable about the performance this week. He did not reach a hundred. Of course, maybe his boys were saving some points uh, with the PBR attack squad's performance. Um, but I think in general, you know, they, they got the job done. They made things work. I mean, did anything this week stand out to you? Oh, before I pass it over, just want to say Metcalf, your boy Chuba Hubbard with negative two points. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I, I kind of see this as Metcalf's team's like floor. Like no one really did exceptionally well, uh, kind of just an all around, good performance like Jefferson was kind of underwhelming and uh you know everyone just kind of did well so like I mean if you're scoring 94 points minimum every week Metcalf we might be seeing a, a rare Metcalf playoff burst <laughs> could it be all you have to do is get there and then it's anyone's game you know I think yes and no I I, I think that in fantasy probably more than in like real sports, a bye week is like insanely important um, because it's it's just you know and you know how our league does it. We give a bye week to the two top teams. Um, you know, like of course it's any given week, but uh, you know 
those those two top seeds, I, I think if you really look at it, um, apart from those Noswad New York Giants year, and maybe last year actually with Cambo, now that I think about it, but typically you got to have a one or a two seed, uh, to, and that just increases your odds like crazy. You just need two more weeks of your boys performing how they have, um, instead of three weeks of just having to just go through those dog fights. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's a lot to um, just continue to like about this team. Um, I I will say later on, um, Metcalf is also looking to uh, move some pieces around as well. So he's definitely his head's in the right space right now. He's definitely not getting complacent with his boys. And uh, yeah, we'll continue to monitor that situation. Uh, unfortunately, the next game we got to cover is my game, uh, with <laughs> another stinker, not quite uh, Jack level, but you know, if Justin Herbert would have been injured at the start of the game, like Trey Lance, it would have been a Jack level game. So, um, yeah, I, I, Cole uh, Komet, here we go again. The Conrad Lock. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with Cole Komet, who, uh, I gotta be honest, like 50% of the reason I kept him in this week was because I locked him in <laughs> uh also i i didn't want to play everett against the chiefs so i didn't have to play him against the chiefs um i you know just was ready to see cole commit play in a real game and he did play in a real game he played in a real game where the bears <laughs> for a lot of it um the bears offense wasn't fully catatonic i mean they were running the ball great but once again cole commit targeted once does not make the catch um I am one week away from dropping him, um, which I know a more emotional, oh, no. a more emotional fantasy owner <laughs> would have probably already have dropped him. Um, I see his roster percentage is already tanking, um, but I'm giving him one more week, um, hoping to make um, a pickup or two tonight as the waivers process. Um, but Everett, regardless, um, Everett will be the guy I'm riding with um, this week. Um, he had a pretty amazing performance given his uh general expectations i mean it would have been a lot better if our boys didn't absolutely bring home the hammer and just turn around that game <laughs> whenever it was gas um but yeah going outside the tight end position um uh you know justin herbert i think he he does have that dog in him so i do expect him to be out uh out there on the field this next week um and i wouldn't fault him if he's not but with the extra rest time I'm not worried about that. Just, I mean, you saw the game. What a mm-hmm. gutsy performance in in a, in, a, in a loss that we were all happy he took. But um, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good about Herbert going forward. Um, mm-hmm. At 49ers defense and Justin Tucker doing what I can. I'm just <laughs> things before I got to, uh, to the centerpiece because with Kamara out, which we're hoping is one week, he has the same injury that Herbert does with the um, injured rib cartilage. Um, I was hoping Mixon could pick up that slack. Uh, Mixon last week put up uh, 18 points with no touchdowns, which, again, just absolutely dominant performance with no touchdowns. Uh, this week, once again, unable to find the end zone. He still gets uh, 22 touches, which is great. Last game, he got uh, 34 touches. So I have very little concern about him, but if he's not able to see the end zone regularly, he's not going to be able to pull me up on these subpar weeks uh because mark ingram clearly putting in mark ingram for alvin kamara against the buccaneers defense that's not a automatic start like i was kind of hoping it would be um aj brown looked great last night just uh wasn't getting the ball 
uh, Jalen Hurts was spreading it around and also running it in for the touchdown. Uh, Jerry Judy, um, hope, thankfully he's just day to day, so that uh, that hopefully I can get him out next week. But um, with that trade that was made this morning, which we will get to later mm-hmm. on in this podcast, um, I hope I'm hoping to have a nice backup option for him. I got a couple backup options um, should Jerry Judy not be able to go. But yeah, I mean, guys, overall, I don't know what to tell you. This was a uh, I, I I pin I pin all of this on Cole Komet. I I, I gotta say. <laughs> Would you you want to hear a fun fact, Conrad? I'd love to hear a fun fact. Cole Komet. This is his third year in the league. Has not had a touchdown since his rookie year. In his rookie year, he only had two. So you're saying he didn't have a touchdown last year? He did not have a singular touchdown all of last year. Right, but the, that Bears passing attack last year. I mean, I don't know how many <laughs> went around. Darnell Mooney was serviceable. He was a top Andy 24 Dalton, wide receiver. Andy was slinging it last year. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I'm not going to pin my reputation to Cole Komet any longer. Um, <laughs> He's, he's already given me one loss, and, uh, you know, it's going to take a big redemption week for him to even stay on the roster. Um, <laughs> one catch will be an infinite improvement, but that wouldn't be enough. <laughs> he, ha- he has, in fact, yet to catch a, catch a ball in this year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, um, I, I, I love to hear, uh, I guess, your just general thoughts about uh, – What's what's going on with uh, with the boys this week? Yeah, I mean, just kind of a little under. I feel like you had some bad matchups, kind of in general. Like the the Bucks' run defense is just so solid, and then uh, obviously it's always tough to start players against the Chiefs. But Herbert ended up having a good game. Uh, I don't know. I was gonna, I was wondering what you thought. Like Everett is kind of. I wasn't really expecting him to kind of. He's had a really good start to the year, but uh, do you think he can be like that number one guy for you? That well, I guess he kind of has to be, but like, are you confident with him for the rest of the I mean, season? He he, uh, he will be. I mean, I'm I I'm not gonna lay 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 stake on him, and because I don't have to sell him right now, because I'm not trying to trade him anytime soon. But with the upcoming matchups, uh, Jacksonville, Houston, and Cleveland, um, and he's got Denver, but then Seattle, um, I do think that he's probably gonna be near the top of tight end performances. I feel really good about that. Um, I just think in general, though, he's he's one of those guys who he could be the next one to goose you, you know? And um, yeah. the, the Chargers passing attack is so good. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I was kind of ready for this to be um, my year where I stream tight ends. Um, and I'm already not feeling too great about having to do that. It's just... <laughs> You know, you only got to put in one guy there each week. But, again, so far, my tight ends have given me zero points in my first two games. So, yeah. yeah. Everett, though, has definitely earned that starting spot. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to ride that going forward. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I got to talk about my competition here because uh, Noswad had turned in a, a pretty solid game uh, going into yesterday. I mean, um, he definitely won the matchup. Uh, I definitely thought that I could have won it if, um, you know, Kamara was healthy. Some guys could have gotten to the end zone. And then uh, Monday night happened, and uh, Stefan Diggs just absolutely him. I'm him. I'm him. I, I know that we think we're naturally inclined to hate a little bit on Diggs because, you know, it's the Bills. But at the same time, 
I mean, Diggs is just like hard to not just. I mean, did, did you see that bomb that Allen threw him? I all I could think of is how many wide receivers in football would have both outrun their cornerback like Diggs did on that play and make that crazy catch where he like flips like as he catches he diving midair and catches it. I feel like so many wide receivers you see, uh, you know, they call the wide receiver a pretty replaceable position, but so many wide receivers cannot make that separation. And some of those that do, mm-hmm. um, some of those historic uh, Ted Ginn Jr. types or even Tyreek Hill, um, they, they create that separation and they can't haul in those absolute missiles. Um, but yeah, I, I just... Stephon Diggs, uh, early fantasy MVP candidate for you boys. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not like he's a breakout or anything, but he's definitely performing about above what people would have expected. I mean, almost 40 points is above I mean, what anyone would expect. Especially in a game where he didn't play, like, the fourth quarter, like – yeah, exactly. And guys, I I'm scared of the Bills. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> go to Buffalo. I really don't want to go to Buffalo. I'm terrified of the Bills. Yeah, I I am too. Yeah, and, and we can all be scared together, I, Adam. You know what? Yeah. I was I was I iron sharpens iron. So if we if we gotta we gotta face the Bills, uh, then I'm it, glad that we're doing it before the playoffs. We can get another look at them because we saw how that happened last. That, that went last year. Unfortunately, though, with Willie Gay out, I do think the Bills should be favored in that game um, as of now. I mean, who knows? They might go into one of these matchups um, in in the interim and just have one of their classic Bills performances uh, where they just absolutely just cannot perform on offense. Uh, we can we can move on, though. Um, so uh, the rest of this team, guys, though, um, yeah, I mean, I think I – think, what else do you say about Noswad? But he just consistently um, has been showing that his boys have a very scary ceiling. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch back on Noswad later on in this episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, right now I'm, I'm looking at this team and uh, he's been saying the Empire Strikes Back for over two years now. But maybe it finally has struck back. Yeah, no, I've, I'm liking Dawson's team. It's pretty nice. <laughs> Well, that except for Adam Thielen, I mean, the biggest issue is that he didn't play Curtis Samuel. So if you can put Curtis Samuel in the flex, you should be good to go. And he already got rid of Josh Jacobs, who I don't like. So I think there's a lot of positive potential. Those are the two here. guys that just traded. Um, no, yeah, I, yeah, no. If he got rid of those guys, so I think he's wow. chilling. You really are Matt Trash. Jack, do you have the flowers? The biggest issue. Uh, the flowers are currently in my hands, and they're being shipped to Fayetteville as we wow. speak. Wow. <laughs> I mean, this is really a beautiful moment. I, I, I was worried that Jack's pride would get in the way of his uh, objective reason. And, uh... I still will say I'm not still loving the Saquon pick. However, um, I don't know. Can't be mad at 10. Can't be questioning these boys. Um, we'll bounce on to our next matchup, which is Telford versus Frankie. We got another hog in that one um, versus a fellow SEC opponent, um, Team Best. Uh, I don't know why Telford spent five seconds on his team name like 
three years ago and then just anything. Um, <laughs> like, I know you're smart, Telford. You can pick a better one. <laughs> um, yeah, th- 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 this was an interesting game, guys. I, uh, I, this was one of those games that uh, we knew Telford had won. Um, and uh, Frankie really was able to cover up a bad week with uh, a strong Buffalo defense performance. Which of course you can't bank on. Um, I guess I guess we can kind of just compare directly these teams because you know, just just take a look at these guys: Russell Wilson versus Derek Carr going into the season. I mean, who do you want as your starter? You want Russell Wilson, Derek Carr, over performance. Leonard Fournette versus Derek Henry. Who did you want? You got you got to get Derek Henry, right? I mean, it's a wash with it's a wash with Fournette. Derek Henry only salvages performance. I have. Derrick Henry in the league, he only salvaged his performance because of that one touchdown. And yes, the game script was out of hand. This was never going to be a good Derrick Henry game. Um, but uh, I mean, Lenny definitely looked like the more viable fantasy player. Um, and then beyond that, Telford just shines with this core this week of Chubb and Cup and Mike Williams. Just boys all putting above twenty. Chubb with the thirty. I wonder if Metcalf um, objectively would still turn down a Cooper Cup for Justin Jefferson trade. Jack, would you would you still turn that down? Um, yeah, I'd probably turn it down, but it's close. I mean, I still Cup is still an insane asset to have. Adam, you're out there in LA with Cup. Do you think Cup is the most important wide receiver to have in fantasy? Would you rather have him over Diggs or Jefferson? Yeah, I mean that the whole the whole uh, Monday Night Football situation, primetime Kirk. I mean that's definitely a thing. I mean he has the worst record in Monday Night Football history on Monday Night Football. Uh, but just in general, I mean, again, this is this is what we were saying uh, in the chat last night. It's like what makes what makes the best running backs the best running what makes the best running backs end with the top fantasy performances. And what makes the best wide receivers and the top fantasy performances? The just general, I think, premise that I believe should be followed. And this is definitely a bit of a trade secret of mine that I would happily bestow upon my league members. Is that I I, I just generally think that, you know, <laughs> it's fine to draft star players on bad teams if you think you could maybe be able to ship him off by, you know, week 10. Um, or, you know, whenever anyone's willing to bite. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, half the league is going to be able to make it to the playoffs. Um, if you put together a solid team, if, 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 you can, if you can do your part, then you should be able to make the playoffs. Um, so those two or three games are what is going to make your impact. And, um, you know, say what you will about how important consistency is, but really what matters is those last few games. And the last thing you want, again, it's not just, I don't think that a bad team sits their star player already in week 15, week 16, but I do think that they don't rush those guys back, especially if they're more of a veteran. Um, They just, they, they, and then you're dying because you have, you're wasting your IR spot or a roster spot even 
on a guy that is, you know, you lose top talent on and you can't do anything with. Um, that's what I'm worried about with with um, any player on a subpar team. I, I mean, uh, Frankie said of the ball, you know, he's he's uh, already down to 0-2. I mean, for some reason, uh, after one loss, he was already saying that this was a rebuild year. Um, I, I, uh, I, he, he renamed himself from playoff push to rebuild year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess he was just so sad about that Pittman injury. Um, and he was just so sad about uh, Russell being unable to cook. Um that he's mm-hmm. he's already waving the white flag. I mean, this is this is historic stuff, guys. I mean, yeah, the Pittman injury is definitely going to affect. I mean, he should be back this week, right? Um, but you know, getting a player injured or suspended is definitely going to change your outlook on the season, even if it is only week two. Yeah, it's it's tough to win when a when a generational wide receiver, possibly <laughs> the, the best in the league, can't play. You know, it's it's tough to win like that. And and I mean, Juju was really disappointing this week too. I I thought he would kind of go off this week. Uh, oh yeah. At least kind of emerge as the number one guy, and he kind of was nowhere to be found. Yeah. Kind of like all of our receivers were last week. So. Not uh, Watson. Kind of a bad, a bad sequence of events. Um, you know, I, I, I just another thing about the whole rebuild year thing. Um, you know, I got to admit to uh, since we do have the anti keeper chairman sitting in with us on this, um, I have to admit this is uh, a benefit of redraft years. Is that I mean, Frankie in good faith could not be claiming this is a rebuild year because you can only keep one player for next year, and. I, yeah, edit we made to that system where maybe he's keeping someone else, but there's rebuild is is a joke in the redraft year because you know you're you have nothing to rebuild. All you can do is just win or lose out there. Whereas um, a league I am in, um, beyond just being able to have three keepers, which does make it a little bit more um, seasonist, uh. you can also trade draft picks, and that is where things start getting really deadly. I would. I think that would hurt this league's integrity if we introduced draft pick trading, um, especially if you can trade futures. Um, I think that just starts tearing at the fabric of uh, what you want out of fantasy. I mean, week week fourteen, you're like you know sitting there at five hundred. You need like this team to lose to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, and they're going against the guy who traded away all their talent for twenty twenty six first round picks. I mean, this is this is again. Um, I I I have to I have to give you your flowers for for uh, your, the position you stake out, which prevents us from falling into a league where half hey, is, half the league I'm, is rebuilding. I'm just trying to protect the league. I'm just looking out for the best of the league. I mean, as a member of the Golden Jacket Club, you are an honorary godfather of the league. Uh, <laughs> we can move on now to. Our penultimate matchup we want to discuss, which was a close one, uh, the Dirty Dynasty versus the Martin City Agabagools. Um, these are two teams that started hot at one and zero. They were both looking to really make a statement. I don't think either of them made a big statement, but I do think that both of them should feel pretty good about their performance this week. Um, you know, one of them ended up just scoring a few more points. That being one, Anthony Cameron. Um, Tyler Bass's big 
leg overcame Singletary's, oh. uh, you know, Singletary in a 41-point game, putting up 3.1 points as the Bills starting running back. And that's why you, you can't just look at a team and just like a situation. You can't just say, oh, well, he's they're running back on the best offense in the league. I mean, no, Josh Allen is the running back on the best offense in the league. <laughs> Did you see that crazy stat that he is third all time in the Bills rushing touchdowns? Josh Allen? That's yeah. crazy. Josh Allen's still a kid. That is quite difficult to believe. But that is that is crazy. I mean yeah. the Bills are a poverty franchise, so I wouldn't put it past them. Yep. Um but <laughs> Yeah. Yep, it goes it goes Thurman Thomas, OJ Simpson, then Josh Allen. Fred Jackson, even though he played for he played a running back position for seven years, only had 30 touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I'm a big Fred Jackson guy. <laughs> yeah, With Cambo, I think the exciting thing to talk about here is what is he going to do about quarterback? Because he uh, he drafted Rodgers to start him, and Rodgers was falling in the, in the drafts, like all drafts. And uh, yeah, sure enough, Rodgers puts up a horrible performance week one. This last week, definitely a bounce-back performance. I mean, he could have done much better if he needed to. Um, but sitting there on the bench is um, one of the most famous Mormons in the country right now, uh, Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> I mean, um, you've, got, you've got a good do pivot. You ride the hot hand, six-touchdown game. Um, maybe we uh, wait till after the Bills game. Um, but, uh, you know, going forward, let's say Tua does, like, fine in the Bills game. And then Aaron Rodgers does like pretty good in the Tampa game. Actually, they both got really bad matchups this week. So um, Campbell could really go either way. Who are you starting this week and going forward if you're Campbell? Uh, I start Tua, definitely. Um, I don't start Tua necessarily because he's the better quarterback. I start him because he has Jalen Waddle on one side and Tyree Hill on the other. Like he is yeah. like the like best one two punch in the league right I mean, now. And I don't think that's before, up for debate. Before Sunday night, uh, sorry, before Monday night, weren't they like the two best wide receivers on the week? Like the two of them. Like like that's how does that yeah. happen? Uh six touchdowns, baby. They each got two and they each got damn near two hundred yards, and that's just because they can both get insanely open. So it's just – it's like that uh, one year at Alabama where it, where it actually had, like, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, and they would just do rock, paper, scissors over who can run the go route. Like, it is crazy down in Miami right now. And, and Adam, I mean, what, what do you do about Amon Ross St. Brown? I mean, is he as good as all these as all these hard-knock hikers I mean, as he is? I mean – I know I make a lot of jokes about about USC players in the NFL, but Almond Ross and Brown is legitimately the best slot receiver in the NFL. He's so good, and he and only USC fans know how good he was in college because we were so bad. He was like the only good thing on our team, but uh, I don't he is he is so good, and 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 Goff loves him. So like that that combination is just uh, feasting. But uh, so does Dan Campbell. I mean, it's hard not to. He's so he's so good, and he and he works so hard. So I don't know. I love him. I have not. I'll never say anything bad about any USC player, but I love him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I am so jealous that he was able to get him Amon Ross St. Brown. The bigger issue, I mean, it's nice because his wide receiver one is T. Higgins right now. And he hasn't been doing poorly by any means, but you would think that in this league that in this league that he would be doing much better than I mean he came back this week, but it was also saved a lot because of the T D. Um like last week was just so bad. Um like you're 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 happy you have Amon Ross and Brown and then you're also happy that you can put Christian Kirk in the slot or in the flex instead of uh Devin Singletary. Or you also have Gabe Davis coming back. Tampa's got some really good receivers. Yeah. Yeah. Historically in this league, uh team coming off of a championship typically stays strong the next year. And Cambro is looking quite good. Um uh moving to the other side, Declan, um he you know, I, I, I don't think there's anything bad about his performance. I mean, I I am very concerned about Tom Brady. I, I don't think he's gonna be a good fantasy option this year, no matter how that Tampa team ends up doing. I mean, obviously it is depending on how Tampa does, but I just think in general, I think that Tom's going to be passing less. I think that his line is just pretty atrocious. Um, You know, he's, he's not getting sacked as much as you might expect him to be so far. Um, You know, he's, he's going through a divorce right now. Um, Not the kind of guy you want to uh, anchor a team. I don't know if it's, I don't know if Tom Brady's committed to this dynasty. No, I, I completely agree. Um, the bigger issue is going to be the Aaron Jones question. Obviously, he is so electric, you know? Like, he is so fast. They give him a pill cocktail every week to make sure he can keep running. Um, like, but you also have A.J. Dillon, who is probably their second best offensive weapon right now. So that'll definitely yeah. cut into it. And you're just hoping that J.K. Dobbins comes back sooner rather than later. You can kick Daryl Henderson out of the RB two slot. Yeah, I mean this 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 team. I I am a little worried about uh DJ Moore. Ever since Metcalf last week talked about losing stock on DJ Moore, I mean I this got into my head. I, I have DJ Moore in one league, and I, I just feel like I just feel like you over, you overbid on it. I think he thankfully got the Daryl Daryl Henderson to make up for that. Um, and yeah, we'll see how J.K. Dobbins does, but. In in general, I I really just think that this this team is uh, it, it needs some trades. I think I think that um, you know we had it at our eleven to start the season. After last week, I was already saying that he was back. Um, I think I think Declan should make a few trades here, um, whether that's to add depth or to just move some pieces around. Just to maybe consolidate, get get a get a true standout, uh, sell high on Aaron Jones. Um, I like to see some activity from uh, Dishay trading um, as early as this week. Consider that in order. <laughs> uh, I would I would be looking. To, uh, yeah, if I'm if I'm Dishay, I'm looking to make a pivot to get a better wide receiver too. Right now, honestly. Yeah. Purse. Yeah, that's about well, it. That's about it. We decided <laughs> to we decided to save the best for last. Um, <laughs> I mean, this matchup. Uh, it, I mean, 
A barn burner. It's, it's what you're all waiting to hear. I mean, combined, essentially scored 300 points. Um, I mean, if if you're Will right now, and uh, I will do a more theoretical question about Will's team shortly. But if you're Will right now, um, you got to be fuming. Um, you, you you put up uh, the second best performance this week, and you played against the guy who put up the best performance. Uh, I mean, any opening thoughts about this absolute fireworks show? Um, yeah, I mean, we can start with Will's team. I'm not necessarily scared of this team moving forward, mainly because of the fact that the, there was such, like, two boom plays from Jalen Waddle and Lamar Jackson. In the same game, you know? right. Very like, much influenced each other. Yeah, but, but exactly, right, because they were able to – I don't want to say like play off of each other, but the tempo was high on both sides. Like it was Lamar Jackson in the first half and then Jalen Waddle really cemented his performance in the second. Like obviously he had the touchdown in the first half, but um, I don't know. I would love to see Amir Abdullah not be on his team. <laughs> Still, um, and I would love to see him not start Zay Jones. Um, I get that Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin are both injured, but just knowing how Will likes to run his fantasy football teams, I know he's not looking for a trade, even though trading away either James Robinson or Javante for like a really good wide receiver would help his team a lot, um, especially with the kind of unknown timelines of both Chris Godwin and Keenan Allen. And I just think this is such a competitive league that you just cannot like sit and wait for a dead spot in your roster you know like zay jones it's just not gonna like come on like i understand that he probably just went on the waiver wire and picked up the number one projected <laughs> wide receiver but like Let, who has never gotta, done that cast the first stone <laughs> uh, i just think i don't know will you gotta you have a great base here especially with like Waddle and Lamar and, and James Robinson, but you got to make, you got to go get your wide receiver too in some trades. And I'm sure someone would be willing to trade for either Javante or James Robinson. Or honestly, like if you wanted to package up Christian McCaffrey for like a stud wide receiver and um, I think like a stud wide receiver and a serviceable running back, I think that would help a lot. You just need, you need some depth. Like you gotta, you gotta make some trades. Yeah, here. will I would definitely, I would uh, definitely uh, shop uh, Friermuth to me. Um, I would love, love to uh, accept that boy. I mean, you got Dallas Goddard. Uh, I mean, I would also take Goddard, but I think Friermuth is a little less valued, and I, I, I like the value there. Um, I, uh, I no, but in, in all seriousness, I, I do think that um, uh, one big trade, even. I mean. Really, if if if, this, if I had Will's exact roster, um, other than of course hanging on to some randos, if I had Will's exact roster, I would probably um, be talking up Waddle and Lamar to everyone, anyone who would listen right now. And honestly, if if Will traded McCaffrey, Lamar, and Waddle for another team's core, um, I think that Will that would be a very smart trade. Uh, I. Really can't agree more. He really needs to get something done here soon. If he, especially like he's dead to rights right now. Like, as I said earlier, it's a competitive league. 
you can't be Owen two. You know, uh, it's it's there are little feelings in this world uh, less painful than starting fantasy Owen two. Uh, you know, starting Owen three if you really care about a league, maybe a little bit worse. Owen four, you're just numb by then. You start becoming like the, the mean <laughs> team. Uh, you just turn into Tommy. Owen two hurts. <laughs> Owen two hurts. Any thoughts on Will side of the ball, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I I think you guys are being a little too hard on him. I think I don't know if blow up the team is necessarily what he has to do, and and we know he won't uh, based on, <laughs> his, on based on history. Uh, but his team just put up 147 and he lost. At some point, you just have to tip the cap and say, you know what, fantasy, you got me this week. But like, I mean. I'm I'm not I can't nitpick his team. His team went off this week, and and he's got Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin uh, on the bench hurt right now, and they're they're gonna come back. Um, so I can't be too mad. I mean I can't be. I mean I have nothing bad to say. And also I like having that Amir Abdullah. Will needs a little Husker energy. Not, not much is going well for the Huskers right now, so he needs something. She can go get Rex Burkhead. He's out there no, somewhere. I'm pretty sure actually. Uh, one of one of the dirty boys in the league picked up Burkhead after. Big um, on on the other side of the ball, though, uh, of course, Will's uh, Waddle performance was almost perfectly. Um, actually, it was uh, superseded by Joe's Tyreek performance. Um, I guess fittingly so, that would happen. Um, you know, with the underperformance by uh, Jamar Chase and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, yeah, you would think that Will, uh, had Joe beat, um, and, you know, not even a lot of crazy games from some of these other guys. I mean, Hollywood Brown, Antonio Gibson, uh, yeah. Logan Thomas had a good game. The, I mean, they all did fine, but really at the core of this was, um, <laughs> this Buccaneers defense, uh, the Jalen Hurts <laughs> performance, uh, Brandon McManus getting oh. 12 points. I mean, yeah, I think Adam's on to something here. The, that will definitely did get kind of uh, bullshitted out of a, a much yeah. win. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's the same thing. Like, not every week can your RB1 have five points and you drop 152. You know, like, you would have to have mm-hmm. a defensive night. You would have to have your running back or your quarterback, rather getting 30 plus and then you would also need a boom play from like one of your wide receivers yeah yeah and we were we were were saying i remember us all saying during draft night when when joe picked this team we were saying joe's got those guys that if you catch them on the wrong week he could just explode like guys like tyreek even hollywood brown and Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Hurts is just really. so explosive too. Like Joe, Joe just has that kind of team where I. Some weeks Joe is probably going to score, you know, well under a hundred points. But if you catch him on a week like this, no one, no one in the league is going to beat him with the, those weapons. Yeah, I, I, I got to give Joe uh, plenty of flowers here because, um, you know, even though I did call his victory some, some bullshit. I mean, still, like if 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 Tyree Kill, um, you know, I, I, I don't think that this week. Um, there were obviously plenty of anomalies about this week. Um, but I think in general, I mean, if you watch the highlights, Terry Kill, doesn't matter who the quarterback is, he can still do exactly what he does in Kansas City, which is get open mm-hmm. on those knockout plays. Um, literally, when you play against Joe, you have to wait until the clock zero in the Dolphins game to start 
feeling comfortable about that game. Um, might apply as well to the Eagles, honestly. I mean, Jalen Hurts uh, is doing exactly what we thought Jalen Hurts could do um, in a game that didn't see that much scoring last night. Jalen Hurts still hogged 33 points. Um, yeah, I again, Joe, another textbook example of a team you do not want to play. If I'm Joe, I'm I'm keeping the faith here. I'm I know I just had some huge performances. Maybe I'm hearing offers for Tyreek if someone wants, but I would yeah, I was just about to say I would look to trade um one of I would look I would look to get a solid running back outside of Zeke. I mean I don't think anyone here believes in Zeke. Too besides much, Joe. Besides would, Joe said yeah. Zeke every year. I'm sure yeah. Nosman also <laughs> believes in <it. laughs> Um Yeah, so, you know, those were our recaps this week, and uh, definitely an exciting week. I guess doing a quick look at the standings doesn't really mean that much yet, but we do see uh, plenty of 1-1 one one teams. Uh, perfect distribution. 3-2-0 teams, 3-0-2 teams. And, of course, six one-on-one teams, um, I think, pretty inconsistent, honestly, with uh, Jack and I's initial projections, um, which Mm -hmm. is something we'll touch on in a second. I mean, of course, some of these wins easily could have been losses. Some of them easily could have been – some of the losses could have been wins. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll start taking a look at the standings as uh, as the season progresses. Um, I think just – Generally looking, though, um, definitely things to note about uh, who's at the top and who's unfortunately at the bottom. Uh, Metcalf riding high, uh, Tommy already in the cellar. Um, we're going to have to see <laughs> if that changes. And uh, before we touch on that, um, I want to progress into a, uh, a segment on uh, talking, about, talking about trades. Uh, we had our first trade today. Uh, we heard a hint of what Jack felt about that trade, um, which uh, yeah, sorry, Conrad, I didn't which made me a little sad. But I also I also don't make my decisions based on uh, the opinion. The line does not concern myself with the thoughts of the sheep, as, as and say. Um, yeah, so I, I guess I guess uh, for those who don't know, um, Noswad and I today executed a trade. Cordell Patterson on my side, I traded away to receive Adam Thielen and Josh Jacobs from Noswad. Noswad actually came to me, um, just go behind the curtain here. Noswad came to me and said, uh, I will give you these two guys for Cordell Patterson. I'd also do them for Mixon. Um, in my head, Mixon is... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um... I'd maybe yeah. start with I'd maybe just start from Mixon and then fall back on Patterson. <laughs> in my head, uh, Mixon is not someone that you'd make that trade for. Uh, I don't know if maybe Noswad's valuing boys differently, um, but to me that was a slam dunk. I mean, I didn't have to do any bargaining here. Um, I, I could hear an argument. You get some I could hear an argument that Cordell Patterson is more valuable than uh, Jacobs or Thielen, but um, in my mind, easy math. Uh, Jacobs as some guy that you feel comfortable flexing every week. Thielen as a very solid wide receiver by fill-in. Someone that I do not mind taking up room on my bench for the time being, especially already you see this Jerry Judy injury. Um, yeah, it was a no-brainer for me. And I'm, I am worried about uh, Cordell Patterson's uh, his age, 
his role in this offense with the young guys coming up. Um, I, you know, I, I wasn't really attached at all to Cordell Patterson. I honestly wouldn't have um, wouldn't have started him this week if Elijah Mitchell wasn't out. So I was more than happy to part ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, Adam, since you're still with us, I guess I'll ask both you guys. Uh, what did you guys think of of that trade? Um, Adam, you can go first. Okay. Uh, I don't know. You know, I saw that trade pop up, and my 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 first reaction was, eh, like, not nothing got me excited. Nothing got my blood pumping about this <laughs> trade. It's just kind of a feels like a lateral move for both of you. Maybe it helps you each mar- each marginally, but Dawson actually proposed that exact same trade for Austin Eckler on my team. So. <laughs> I turned that, <laughs> I turned that down, and then like twenty minutes later, uh, I saw this trade went through. So oh well, that's that was pretty funny for me. But, we had already uh, agreed yeah. to this trade in principle like twenty four hours ago, so I guess Nassau was seeing oh. he could do better. <laughs> it may not have been exactly twenty minutes, but it was it wasn't long before, so that had me laughing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a I think it's a fine trade. Like I don't I don't it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> None of these guys are going to be, like, league winners. It's just, like, obviously right. you get some depth and he gets a little boost on the running back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, like, how do you want to build your team? It's, it's like, you know, the, the I would say fantasy comes down to um, 50% draft, uh, 25% waiver wire, 25% trades. I think that's fair. Um, it's really hard to win if you don't make some trades. And, again, this probably isn't going to make me – win the league with this trade, but it is something that I think puts me in a better position. You know, maybe I package one of those guys in a deal moving forward. Um, yeah, it, it's all just building up a team towards towards a better place. I mean, I will say Fantasy Pros did like that trade for me. So <laughs> if the algorithm likes it, uh, of course they if do. the algorithm likes it, then y- you know I'm in a pretty good place. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> moving past that trade, uh, oh, although I do want to note though, um, We'll try to get this episode out to you all tomorrow morning. Um, keep in mind the one-up trade, the one-up deal is still in play. Um, that will be in play all year long. If you want to try to one-up this trade, uh, here's what you need. You need to, uh, and it's a little weird because I'm involved in this trade, but uh, I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna do any sus things here, guys. I promise. Um, what, what you have to do is you have to uh, you. And the person who you're jointly one-upping with have to come to me and both confirm that you've agreed to one-up this trade. Um, so I guess I'll use this trade as an example. Um, you know, I just gave Cordell Patterson away for, uh, for uh, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs and Adam Thielen. Let's say you're like, okay, Adam is like, you know what, I'll give up Eckler for that package. I got to make the move. <laughs> um, he goes to Noswad. Noswad and Adam agree to it. You both need to come to me again. I know it's kind of weird because I'm in this trade, but you always come to me as the commissioner and uh, I will veto the trade and you can make this trade. Um, and then from there, the only ones who can one up a one up are the person who got one up. So um, the one up is really a one time thing, um, although it could be an infinite arms race if, because. Uh, what, the one-up is one-up by the person who was initially one-up, and the person who initially did the one-up being could one-up that as well. So 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's really a uh, it's a market solution to um, you know a <laughs> we, we we kind of traded in we traded in our democracy for uh, a free market, um, and, and we'll we'll see how that plays out. Uh, yeah, um, feeling feeling pretty good about that and that rule, and uh, I'm hoping to see more trades as we go forward. Because yeah, I. Uh... I don't see any trades being vetoed this year because someone can just one up exactly. it, you know. I mean, you're also taking away my dictatorial powers, which is always a good thing. Um, uh, <laughs> and, you know, moving on to the trade block. Um, so again, every week we will reserve time to um, just get to you know uh, let you boys interact with the podcast. Uh, short of calling in, um, we have uh, we have a few submitted. Uh, trade block requests, as well as um, I believe Adam and Jack both have voice to add to the trade block. But first, I will announce um, what we have. Uh, Riley Metcalf, uh, the upstart Metcalf, um, who is looking to continue to build up power. He is willing to listen to offers on a package of Kareem Hunt and Drake London. Um, Kareem Ooh. Hunt and Drake London are both guys that I think have had one really good week and one pretty good week. Uh, he is looking to get a wide receiver and a running back in return. So, uh, you know, that will probably also look like more of a lateral move than necessarily trying to consolidate one big guy for two solid guys. Um, that's what McCaff wants, but he is also willing to listen to a straight-up offer for either Kareem Hunt or Drake London, if only one of those guys interests you. He is looking for I imagine in that instance, also a wide receiver or a running back. Uh, we also have Will Frankie, um, who is rebuilding. Uh, I don't really know how that works, but <laughs> he is open to Darren Waller trades. Um, so he did not really give me what he wants in return. Um, so this is not from him. This is my own uh, editorializing. But I think just taking a quick look at his team, He's pretty set on wide receiver, so I don't think that that would work well for you. Um, his running backs, uh, his running back room looks fine. Um, you know, it would you would love to see an RB three or RB two. Yeah, yeah. If you're Will no, Frankie, you're, you're you're definitely right. I think that um, Will could use maybe another running back in that room. Um, maybe if you come to Will with a weaker tight end and a good quarterback. I think you could probably get Darren Waller from him. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, what he wants in return is still TBD. Um, but, yeah, I'll also move on to uh, Adam. Uh, I believe you were offering up uh, your number one pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've not been uh, – or I'm, I'm interested in, in... – hearing some offers for Eckler, I'm not exactly sure what I want. Kind of, I, I don't know, maybe maybe two guys, but uh, a little higher quality than Dawson's trade off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I think Eckler is going to turn it on this year at some point, but. I'm sure we can work something out, Adam. Slow. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe we'll be talking. I don't know. <laughs> Which will lead into Conrad. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then uh, also uh, Jack also is offering up Mike Evans. Uh, Jack, do you want to discuss that? I know Mike Evans is about to go into a one-game suspension. Are you looking to 
uh, absorb that suspension? Or are you looking to get him off uh, maybe at a little bit smaller value so the other person has to absorb that suspension? Um, so I'm just – I'm probably going to absorb the suspension, um, and I'm fine with that uh, because it gives me an opportunity to – Either start Jahan Dotson or Damian Pierce. Okay. You know, see see what see what those guys can bring to the table. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Mike Evans as a player. I think he's pretty much the only wide receiver on the team right now that's a healthy enough and b that Brady trusts now that Gronk is gone. Um, yeah, like I don't know. They had to sign Cole Be the Bucks had to sign Cole Beasley this week, so I definitely think Mike Evans is like always his ceiling is always gonna be like two touchdowns, right? Like two touchdowns is not like an unreasonable ask for him. But I'm really I just need some more I need some big running back depth. Jack's so, bench right now yeah. is all wide receivers and Trey Lance too. I cannot imagine we'll be on his bench by the time this podcast comes out tomorrow. Uh, yeah. I really, yeah, I really need some running back depth, um, like, badly. Like, I had it when Brian Robinson was healthy and he was looking great, but then he got shot, and he's probably coming back around week five, and then we don't really know uh, – like how well he's gonna perform. So yeah, Adam. So Adam, you know, bang my line. I could definitely find a suitable package for you. Could we have a trade we'll, on we'll be in a mid-episode trade? Perhaps not. Um, no. I would. I could. I gotta definitely. Consult. I could definitely I work cons- out a trade. I gotta consult fantasy pros before I can do anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I could definitely give up. Uh, I could definitely give up Mike Evans and then you know an upstart wide receiver. For Austin Eckler. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we that we will that we will. Chris Olave, Chris Olave had three hundred and sixty-five potential air yards <laughs> this past week. So, Kyle if you look at Kyle Pitts' route running, <laughs> bro, he's on the field every play. Uh, moving on to our last segment, and uh, Adam. Feel free to chime in for this segment. Um, we, again, hope to give you guys a little dessert at the end of the big dinner we have here. Um, so today we're doing uh, buy or sell. Um, and uh, I will be posing the questions. I'll also be uh, giving my own thoughts on them. But, uh, you know, Jack and Adam, you can both – I both want to hear from you guys. Um, and um, – and by the way, guys, take some time to answer these. If you want to like have a more educated answer, like I can no, it out. no. <laughs> all right, all right. First, buy yourself question. <clears throat> Will Tamke is zero and two, but has the fourth most points scored. ESPN this morning taking into consideration Tamke's current zero and two record projected him to finish first place in the standings. Do you buy oh, wow. or sell that Tamki is in the top tier of teams in this league? I sell um, hardcore because of Will's inability to get things done on the waiver wires <laughs> and and trade wise. Adam, I 
Well, I'm going to take it a little bit different direction. I'm not buying Will Tamke, the fantasy owner. I'm buying <laughs> Will Tamke's team. I like his team. I like where it's at. Uh, we, we know that he probably won't make those key pickups when he needs them most. But uh, I, I still like his team. I Like I was saying earlier, I think you guys are writing him off a little bit. He scored 147 points. That's he, He's got a really good core, I think. First place, maybe a bit of a stretch, whatever the fan uh, ESPN saying, but Will could definitely be a playoff team. Adam, dare I say, uh, Tavi Light? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think personally, um, I, I, in theory, I would buy the potential. It, it's like I said, if 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 you just gave me. Will's team, I think I could do a lot with it. With um, mostly with the trades, I think he already has a great foundation. But I'm more than happy to blow up those big fantasy performances and those big names. I think Javante Williams had a lot of easy touchdowns this week that were just missed opportunities by Russ. I think they're going to figure that out. I think Javante's going to be a top running back. I really think Will is in a dynamic position to do something special. However, um, I've never seen it before. I don't think that uh, I don't think he's gonna be able to make those disciplined moves. So I am selling on that one. Um, moving to the next one, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, slam dunk first round picks if they stay healthy. And yet, after two weeks of perfect health, these guys have all turned in you know flex worthy performances. Uh, Austin Eckler, uh, you know, saved by a lot of catches. Um, are we getting to a point in fantasy where there's something to be said about a zero RB strategy? Um, or at the very least, not drafting a running back in, I don't know, the first three rounds? Are you buying or selling the zero RB strategy? I uh, I think I would buy that, honestly. Now that I think of it, I've honestly never considered that. I've always been a running back first round kind of guy. Uh, but the evolution of, like, the two-man backfield recently, yeah. it, it seems like even the teams with the best running backs have a second guy. Uh, like, even Eckler, I, I, just speaking, because I have been watching him especially close because he's on my team. Like, he wasn't getting any goal line carries against the Chiefs, and, and they were all over the goal line. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I maybe. I think uh, teams are airing the ball out now, and, and especially they've been talking about a lot the new – how, like, kind of the refs are even helping the offenses more with legal contacts and hold stop field and stuff. Maybe that's just the way the game's going. I don't know. So, Connor, the question is either whether or not I'm buying the – Buying or selling the zero RB yeah, strategy as a future strategy for uh, future drafts. Um, it really comes down to whether or not a it, it's so for a zero RB strategy. I'm more of a fan of the hero RB strategy where you get the stud in round one and then don't take another till like five or six. Um, it kind of that's kind of how you do it if you're um like picking first overall like i got jonathan taylor this year and didn't pick another running back till aj dylan you know i i personally um i personally find it 
takes a lot of gall to buy into a zero RP strategy. Um, I, I'm, I'm buying this though because, um, yeah, I think I think Adam made a great point about the committees we've been seeing. Um, again, even out of the best teams, like you're seeing teams invest in young running back talent, even when they're they have a star that's still in their prime because you just know how quickly that can go away at this point. Um, you know, it feels like running back. I'm not sure if this is actually backed up, but it feels like it's the most injured position in fantasy at the least. If not, if not like among offensive players, it just, you know, you're, it, it it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to, uh, it's getting harder and harder to bank on the position. I remember there was one weird year where like the top three players in fantasy in a draft like were considered all wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. If memory serves correct, I, I think it was Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. Um, I don't know if you know the third Jack, but um, maybe yeah. no. What it wouldn't have been well, OBJ, it was, it was, oh, and, and it was o- Odell Beckham. That was the other yeah. guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like, and then the next guy was like Le'Veon Bell, and then you mm-hmm. had like Adrian Peterson. People still thought would be good that year. I'm, it's a very specific year that I'm thinking. I believe this was 2016. Yeah, maybe and, twenty, maybe twenty fifteen. No, it would have been twenty sixteen. And people, when people saw that, they thought that something was about to change in fantasy because, um, you know, you had the situations. But really, I, I just think it was just the stars aligning on what people all thought would be um, perfect situations. And if I remember correctly, all of them had perfectly fine years. I think Antonio Brown had one of his like top receiver years again that year. So you definitely got what you were getting out of him. But people just felt like. You know, running backs are becoming that a top tier running back is becoming a greater risk than a top tier wide receiver. And the conventional fantasy strategy of, you know, the general thought of there's maybe like eight amazing running backs, 10 more running backs that are like the lead guy. And then everyone else is just going to be like dart throws, situational based on injury, based on if they boom. I just feel like that's you can't even count on that anymore, and and um, yeah, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in buying this moving forward. Um, you know, as the guy who drafted two running backs to start the draft this year, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely not seeing a lot out of a lot of those top running backs. Um, all right, next question, Jack. Uh, Tommy was the top team in our projections. Um, <laughs> But we said that Tommy has to get off to a hot start to get his momentum going. And he now sits at 0-2. Um, I can't say he's been bad. Um, but I can say that he's definitely underperformed. Um, I think most teams in his situation would be fine. But uh, given what we've seen in the past, Jack, are you buying that Tommy is already cooked for the year? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's, it's, I would, yeah, I would say I'm buying that Tommy is, needs to be sold. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, if I'm, if we're looking at it from a stock perspective, I'm selling all my Tommy shares. I'm not, I'm not, it's not a bearish market right now. Um, he, it's like, we, it's like what we predicted. He's not going to be super active and you gave him a great base to start off with, but I don't see how that's going to translate super well right now, you know? Because 
God bless Tommy. You do still need to set a lineup and get it done on a weekly basis. Like the draft starts you off well, but even if you draft horribly, you can still win the league if you're active enough and making like savvy decisions. Um, and it really hinders a couple of players in the league who just decide not to, you know? Um, what about you, Conrad? It's, it's definitely frustrating. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, Tommy, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I, I don't know if you heard the first one where we made you the best <laughs> team. So maybe that'll balance out this. Uh, I don't know if you even call it slander. This is more like an intervention. <laughs> um, yeah, Tommy, we, we, we love you. <laughs> we care about you. Uh, you're a league OG. I mean, there's only a few of us remaining from those early days of Dylan's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's the main reason we want you to be in the league. We also just in general want to stay in contact with you as you continue <laughs> your, uh, crazy adventures, uh, in like in, the great plains in the mountain West. Uh, yeah. Syracuse. I think it's in Syracuse right now. Um, there's like a helicopter outside. So I'm going to cut. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I guess Trump's back in town. <laughs> Trump. <Drunk. laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Tommy. I mean, we we want you in this league. Uh, I'm very happy you came back for the year, but um, I I am going to sell that you're cooked for the year. I think that you still have a chance. I think all all it takes is set, setting that lineup. Um, you know, if you want to make a trade, you've been known to make a couple trades. I think, uh, with the one-up system in place, I think that will prevent you from falling victim into a bad trade. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the foundation in many ways is there and, uh, I'm not giving up on your team quite yet, but the final one, uh, (laughs) you know, I had to end on this one. Noswad was our worst team in our projections along (laughs) ESPN and Fantasy Pros initial projections, with Fantasy Pros putting his team significantly below the 11th place team. I believe there was a bigger gap in uh, total points, uh, which is a system they use. There was a bigger gap between uh, Dawson and the 11th place team than there was between the 11th place team and like the third place team. Uh, today, Dawson is second place in the league. Um, however, ESPN is still not believing in his boys <laughs> to finish 10th, uh, despite the early start. Jack, do you buy or sell that Noswad's team is a serious contender to secure that third ship this year? I buy both his team and, um, Noswad himself. I think he has the fantasy football knowledge to get it done this year, maybe get a third chip. And, you know, his two big risky picks, Michael Thomas and Saquon, both both weeks, they've paid off so far. So you really can't be uh, faulting him. Um, again, the only issue was that he drafted Michael Thomas three rounds early. Yeah. If he had decided to draft him in his, around his ADP, he would be – the consensus number one team, I would say. Um, and yeah, I think he's off to a great start. Um, 
definitely got to see how his RB2 is going to play out, a.k.a. Cordero Patterson, now that you made that trade. But, you know, flowers are granted, Dawson. Here you go. They're going to Fayetteville as we speak. Yeah, this is a this is an easy buy for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I think that you hit the nail on the head with Dawson's fantasy prowess. Um, you know this this early start to the season is already making me appreciate um, you know the importance of um, not just having someone who can set their lineup and um, you know check the wire, but someone who's really plugged into the league. Um, I get a ton of texts from Nasquad um about the league about just general thoughts and just you know he's a very active member of the group me he's got that chip on his shoulder um he's he's i mean he has all the incentive to prove someone wrong and in fantasy a chip on your shoulder is a very dangerous thing um we were in link last night on digs because i was going against my oldest brother in fantasy and uh you know he put that chip on my shoulder by telling me that uh, I uh, I was done this week, and uh, you know, uh, Stefan made me want to watch that full game. It made me <laughs> happy when the Bills scored a touchdown, which is pretty rare. I'm him. I'm him. You cannot you cannot doubt the heart of the warrior when it comes to Noswad. Um, I think that uh, really. Uh, there's nothing that can stop him aside from falling victim to the fab issue. Because when I add, the only thing I'm worried about, and again, I'm fully buying this one, but the only thing I'm worried about is Noswad already spent over a fifth of his budget <laughs> on just like, you know, yeah, sure. They were fine waiver pickups. I mean, I'll take Curtis Samuel. Curtis, Curtis Samuel actually might, be a year-long guy but it's gonna depend on if he can stay healthy yeah and it's it's, i just i also i don't know i mean curtis samuel's a good pickup but i don't the the fab that he spent on him i think was too much i think just in general the the way that i'm approaching fab and the way that i think fab should generally be approached is yeah every week there's going to be guys on the waiver like again smart commissioners are picking guys off the waiver they're cycling out their players that are aren't serviceable anymore they're cycling in players that look good that's how you keep maintenance on your team. Um, but Noswad, we saw him do that. And yeah, he already spent a fifth of his budget. And you know what, what I worry about is you can bank on there being a couple times coming up in this season where, again, a star goes down and an immediate, there's an immediate alpha there to replace it. And it's rare, but it happens every year. And usually mm-hmm. it comes down to, oh, great, now the worst team gets that player or the worst team doesn't know about that player, so the second worst team gets that player. Um, but everyone can compete for that now. And, you know, those are the times when you, later in the season, need to make a move, need to get a big pickup. That's when you can just break the bank on that. And and those are the those are the pickups that we talk about that do win you the league. So Noswad, get a little bit more spend thrift with your budget and i think you'll be in a very good spot adam thank you so much for joining us um we always love having our cross-country correspondents <laughs> you know for you got the big bdo job starting soon um you, you know the you know all the accounting boys are fired up for that one um and uh yeah good luck this season 
Yeah, thank you. That was it was a blast being on. Love, love love the show, boys. It's been it's been fun listening. A great idea by both of you. Uh, but yeah, it, I, this league's great. I love uh, the way it's it's kept us all together, even though I'm I'm all the way out west. So uh, <laughs> I guess my final message is Metcalf. It's on this week. Carson Wentz <laughs> is coming for that ass. So be ready. Well, that's all we have. For this week, um, thank you again for joining us. Um, we love your feedback. We love as much interaction as possible. If you have ideas for the podcast, for segments, I mean, this is by the league and for the league. Um, we're hoping that each one of you will join us for at least one episode, all the way from the Saul Goodmans of the world to the Tacos of the world. Um, you know, <laughs> not 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 all of you are very active in the chat, but I think. I think, uh, you know, it'll just continue to bring us all closer if you just come on the show. So, come one, come all. Um, and, yeah, until next week, uh, we'll close out with this one.